and welcome to this edition of The Higher Estate. Uh, I'm sorry I've been away for a while, but uh, let me just backtrack. What do we do here at The Higher Estate? Our goal is to bridge the medicine and lifestyle world in a, in a world that we're, we're, we're coming together as a community through mindful consumption. We are uh, entering a legalized world, people, and uh, you know we're not prohibitionists. We work on harm reduction, and uh, but I, I read, let's flip that term. Remember, we had a guy on here, uh, Andrew Hathaway, and he, uh, the historian, and he said, "Well, why not call it focus on wellness?" You know, as soon as you say, as soon as you, as soon as you say the word harm reduction, you've already said there's something wrong. We agree that abusing things are wrong. But um, we do believe in living a positive lifestyle. So let's positively spin that. We call that wellness. So here on the higher state, we focus on wellness. But in order to understand you know, where we want to go, we have to understand where we've been. We have to understand where we are right now. And we have an amazing guest on here today who's been around longer than I have, but he has way less gray hair and i got some in this beard. Not, what are you no, talking about we no you actually like <laughs> all my gray is red was red was you it? know i got two redhead kids like full-blown red. red like ginger like they call ging them gingers and yeah we yeah. call them gingies i yeah. don't know they're like <laughs> as full-blown red as they get anyway all my gray was red at one time you still have a lot I, of, I have like a potpourri in my beard it's, yeah i uh, got it's, everything it's from good ginger to black to white and well it it's looks good. We could talk about hair too, but and I and we still, could talk about you know, your new product. We the could. Beard that's oil. right. You beard oil. <laughs> if you want, I Hey, everybody! That. By, by the way, way. <laughs> by the way, yeah. No, let's show that. Yeah, let's look at show this. that. Let the camera see. How it's you know, uh, baby elephant. Our new product line is out. Hemp beard oil, and it's awesome. That was not so, staged. That was, not that was, staged. Not, that that was, was awesome. spontaneous. So. so our amazing guest today, also a warrior for pain, and a warrior for uh, can a warrior, also works in pain clinics and level two stuff interventional all over the place also emerge uh dr uh, matt cooper and we're going to be talking about um actually we're going to go into the opioid crisis we're going to go into you know how he treats pain his method for pain what got him into this stuff and where he thinks it's going and uh you know i usually have a lot of questions that i raise but finally i think i'm in my wheelhouse of being able to you know have a a, a meaningful discussion without having so many questions where normally i'm the guy that doesn't really know what everybody who's around me is talking about <laughs> i think today i may Kindred have an spirits. idea it's going to be spontaneous yeah, very very easy very spontaneous um in other news i know we're not we're not doing the news thing anymore right but uh just briefly i apologize for not being around for a couple of weeks finally came back cannabis retreat was um was a major success in malibu we had an amazing time and uh you can check it out on the website because we uh we were we you know rolling stone covered it uh la weekly covered it uh emerald magazine covered it culture something or other man it was covered everywhere but it was a blast and plus you got to go to malibu plus i got to go to malibu <laughs> and stay at this actually a crazy story okay okay before we start yeah, i'm gonna yeah. tell this crazy story <laughs> so <clears throat> the difference between cannabis and alcohol so imagine a, a, a me as a physician so <laughs> not even just imagine me period so we're we're in an estate in malibu I guess I could, I mean, I could tell the story. It's, so we're in a state in Malibu, and it's a gated off estate. Like, yeah. you know when you go into, like, somebody's estate, and they have, like... Like one house or multiple houses? Like There's a gated multiple. community? Yeah, it wasn't a community. It was, like, a full, like, retreat, retreat sort of. Retreat, gotcha. I, it's just imagine, like... 
like El Chapo's estate in Mexico. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But not that big. Right. Um, so we're at this this sort of retreat, some guy's estate that he rents it out now. You know, mm. there's maybe there's like three. So it was houses. rented out for cannabis. Yeah, it was rented out for cannabis, and he's trying to build it into this estate center. Anyway, like it wasn't great, but the 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 estate was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just everything else. Anyway, doesn't matter. So story being, one night um, we uh, were just it was just after the last uh, the last event took place. So we hold Sarah like we hold different programs throughout the day and uh it was like the last one had just taken place actually i think i was doing my actually i left that day i had just come back i was lecturing in uh at the palm springs film festival and cool. uh, yeah it was really cool they did this cannabis symposium there and i keynoted yeah. it was really cool man people were totally down they loved it i met guys that like you know the you know the study done by um, that in uh, the Journal of Gastroology Gastroenterology 2014 or 15 mm. on Crohn's for yeah, yeah. Can- THC with Crohn's. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm finished the study. This guy stands up and says, "You know, I was part of the trial." I'm like, "Only in California does that happen." That's right. This doctor gets up and he's like, "Yeah, my clinics were part yeah. of this trial," and I'm like, "Amazing!" Like only in this place does that happen. Anyway, back to the story. So. Uh, I had come back and uh, all of a sudden we, um, oh, they had done uh, flower crown making. (laughs) That was like one of these nights. You saw the photo that I posted on my Instagram, right? So we did, they finally did this. So they did this flower, you know, crown making thing. And I saw a flower crown that was on the table and I took it. I'm wearing a flower crown. And, uh, uh, of course I told everybody I made it and, and, but I didn't. And, uh, but it was, <laughs> this is really crazy thing. I got to show you the photo. Anyway, um, all of a sudden I'm just sitting talking. No, I was going to get my, like some of some clothing. I was in the trunk of a car. All of a sudden we hear this screeching car. Well, I wasn't sitting in the trunk of a car. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was like, I think I was getting something out of okay. the trunk of a car. I was mooning something. All of a sudden there's this loud, massive screech and bang and like like literally out of a movie like what you hear when it goes you know what i mean so this whole thing happens and uh and people start running for the gate because it sounds like it just came from outside the gate right so um all i hear is i hear one so of people are running to the commotion running to the commotion. away from yeah yeah people are running okay. towards the commotion. like we're in the hills of malibu it's really they're called the um Santa Monica Mountains or Valley, whatever, but it Parts like the, the Mountains coming down. Yeah, 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 it falls into that Malibu area or anyway. So we're up in the mountains. So like the only way through, people drive nuts up there. Like mm-hmm. that's like it was just insane. And the roads are great. <clears throat> and the ro- well, this is like we're in the mountains. They're winding everywhere. So all I hear is one guy who. Um, the owner of Medicine Box, which is um, a uh, like our equivalent of licensed producers, they mm-hmm. have like growers, right? It's gotcha. very community based there. So this guy Brian, all I hear is him yelling, "Are you okay? Are you okay, ma'am? Are you anyway?" But like from across the street, he happened to just be standing right near where this incident happened. We open the gate. I'm running out to see this uh, woman who who smashed, like literally turned the corner, smashed her car, like just totally. Totaled the Ferrari. Fucking ramshack, like gone. Okay. Anyway, um, totally blew this car up. 
and airbags everywhere and she's sitting in the front of the car still and i run over i'm wearing a crown <laughs> i'm wearing this you see a whole bunch of hippies you see a whole bunch of hippies running out of you can picture this a whole bunch looks like a cult everybody wearing like these flower crowns brian turns and goes we have a doctor and i'm like wearing this flower crown no it's true i can't practice in the state of california but uh, you were just in an accident so she's like she turns to me just like like totally dazed like not even answering i'm like are you okay i'm like don't worry i mean it's just true we we may look like we're a cult but we're not we're just having a you know it's just an awesome community and everybody's like trying to like pet her and like are you okay you know in the meantime she gets out of the car she's had a, a really bad night she says you know she had i think they had just she had just broken up with her partner uh she's uh she was a lawyer i guess um and she's hammered like just out of her wig like that's like she got behind her wheel of a car totally drunk and uh perhaps i don't know i don't want to get allegedly allegedly <laughs> allegedly maybe she wasn't behind the wheel of her car i don't know where yeah. she was allegedly she was she she was uh she was she was really drunk gotta preface that as she's a lawyer right so <laughs> right so um uh, i don't know we're in a different country now um, can they, can I get sued? I can't get I mean, sued from Emmy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> what happened over here? I don't know. I wasn't there. I was, it was some other guy in a flower crown. So this, this woman gets out and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to like, like, are you okay? I'm trying to be like, don't move, feel her neck. She's like going GCS. to the back. She's worried about her purse. So she was worried about where her, purse, her car is like totaled. She was in a, I think it was a BMW or Mercedes. I can't remember. Really nice. Anyway, she was worried about, you know, about where her purse was. And we're like, why don't you come with us? And we're like, come with us. You know, you have like right. 10 people. We will put that, a crown on yeah, you. <laughs> we have 10 people with like these flower crowns. We walk her into this little compound. And uh, I guess somebody had called the police, right? Because it was a big crash. Yeah. <clears throat> turn around. She's doing push-ups. You know, she's trying to burn the it's alcohol. Right. This, is, this, this is what alcohol does to you. Yeah. Anyway, the point of the story is we're, you know, you have a bunch of cannabis people <laughs> that are like just a bunch of community members trying to pet this poor woman and me comes out as a doctor wearing this flower crown which is posted on instagram and uh, she's turned around doing push-ups so we open the door even though cannabis is legal <clears throat> of course now in 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 california basically so we had two two options either you invite the police in onto the property or she has to go out so we like narrowly like open the door police is looking with this little flashlight basically she walks outside, door closes, like, right behind her. What's happening here? I have no idea. It was, anyway, the whole experience was surreal. I don't know. I thought that was a funny story. Just picture the moral me wearing... The story... Don't drink. Choose, no, choose your substance choose, wisely. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Great story. Thank you. I, I guess I'm talking too close. I always talk too close to this thing. You're excited. All right. I was excited. Woo! I haven't. It was catching up. I haven't. We haven't been casting in quite some time. <clears throat> I don't have my white doctor coat because so we have another scrubs. doctor you here. Scrubs. So. Green yeah. scrubs. Who's trusted more? <laughs> so, <laughs> the good story. All right, um, Matt. Yes. Doctor Cooper. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, we finally met. Yeah, that's a good story. That's a good story. We could probably make it a bit more brief. Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I, <laughs> Let I, me tell the story. Yeah, tell the story. Okay, so I've been working in Hamilton for over five years in a pain clinic, and uh, I've been doing Emerge for... 
20 years. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just give a give preface a of who pra- I am. Yeah, 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 tell yeah. us so, who you are. Yeah, Canadian trained physician, um, did family medicine uh, with a special interest in rural medicine. I worked up in the Arctic on some... Um, Look damn Indian. good for practicing for 20 years. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, 98. I wow. graduated. So really? It's been a while. Wow. And then... Um, and I, I practice in small town, uh, uh, mountain towns in British Columbia, mostly to ski and, and mountain Good for you. But anyway, um, then I was up in the Arctic, met a bunch of Australian nurses, and they said, why don't you come to Australia? And I'm like, I want to surf. So I moved to Australia for wow. four years, practiced there for a bit, and then um, repatriated myself back to Ontario and started working Emerge and did that for, what year is it, 18? So, 1897? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing that for a while. <laughs> I'm a bit creaky in my bones. Um, Cannabis so, is keeping you young. It's, uh, it is working very useful. So, yeah. yeah, anyway, back there. Anyway, so yeah. I had been working in Hamilton now for just over five years in a, in a pain clinic and actually referring a lot of people to Iris who, for, uh, for cannabis. And um, so his name was not foreign to me, and I'm sure you had recognized my name from the... I've the, seen your name yeah. all, all yeah, a lot. the time. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, but never physically met, met him, but also heard a ton of stories and everyone sort of talk. It's a small community. We all know each other. And so we were at, at a, a mutual Emerge conference Again, out in British Columbia, again Basically, skiing. Ski. <laughs> that's right for the conference, for the educational yeah, of material, course, of course. Yeah, and um, we're in a pub, just having a drink and introducing ourselves, and we cross names and this sort of like no. light bulb. That's right, like you are. Anyway, it was a great meeting, and he's like, "You gotta come and join me for this podcast." Of course, yeah. It's uh, first. Yeah. I tried to convince you to to be our medical director for this level two pain thing. That which we which get to. we'll see. Yeah. Get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, I will. hope so. Um, and uh, and then uh, yeah, you got uh, your work is. <clears throat> you've been doing this. You know, you've been working in the pain world longer than I have. Mm. Uh, I started 2010. You've been doing interventional pain for longer than that, I assume, or no? No, interventional has been because uh, the Minerva is uh, basically just comprehensive pain. It's right. not a level that's two. Right, so we right. do some minor procedures. Right. Uh, but the interventional stuff I've been doing for almost three years. Okay, um, all right. With, uh, at, in Burlington with uh, Mike Boucher. Yeah, I like him. He's, and a, he's a nice, he's nice a fellow, guy. super guy, legend. And, uh, and then I've, uh, as a result of that, I sort of got into the can I live in Toronto so I got involved in the cannabis community there and then uh, started at uh, White Cedar which is a cannabis clinic uh, in sort of Summer Hill area of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So is that a grow wise who owns who Um owns it's that? Uh, it's a complicated so basically <coughs> the whole industry is complicated. It is. So this is a, it actually it's a neat it's a neat sort of story. So I was approached a number of uh, years ago by a a bunch of different clinics and um, people in the cannabis industry. And these guys were very professional and organized. And, uh, you know, they wanted someone with a pain background. And I happened to live close by. And I I sort of, they presented their case in a sort of very reasonable fashion. And I thought, let's give this a go and really enjoyed the experience. So basically, the clinic, it's it's under the umbrella of one of the licensed producers. Okay. and now called Emblem. It was called oh, something else so before. Emblem, right. Emblem. So Emblem are a licensed producer. They're also um, can we, a... Can we talk about that? 
We can talk about anything you want. Yeah, yeah. So licensed producer, they are um, they have an education arm called GrowWise, which goes out to many smaller yeah. communities that can't sort of support an independent clinic, and they provide that to. That's to where Neil and Crispin. They are. work at a White Cedar uh, branch, exactly. Oh, I thought it was just yeah. all called GrowWise. No, right? so GrowWise is just the education arm. Oh, okay. And White Cedar is the clinics, so gotcha. uh, individual standalone clinics or yep. White Cedar. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, you know, it, it, they try to be the educational arm. Tries to be impartial to whoever you know, yeah, whatever the whichever. patient wants. And yeah. I'm obviously, you know, long arms length from yeah, any decision. So we have to be that's in. right. Yeah. So, um, so that's my background, and I do that on Fridays. It's always my favorite day of the week. I tell people, and it legitimately is my favorite day of the week. It's so, so coming from. Um, oh, we could talk. Well, I want to talk about Emblem. I'll come back to Emblem sure, sure. later yeah, yeah. on because you know Purdue and Emblem. Are, right. Yeah. You know, there are a connection there. There is, and we can talk about that. Yeah. For sure. Um, but the uh, the I, you came from a pain background. Correct. You come from you yep. know you came from working in pain clinics mm -hmm. first. Yep. To uh, finding your way into cannabis. Correct. What brought you into the cannabis world? What do you, what do you think it was that I think as it, a physician, because uh, most aren't educated in, in oh, cannabis, Oh, a lot right? are not. And I'll talk. We'll talk about that. I've given some some lectures, so you can. Yeah. I'm sure you have too. And you, when you're you're lecturing to people, sure. you know, uh, on the front lines, i.e., family doctors, it's amazing the the uncertainty, lack of knowledge, and you know, some are really keen to to learn and start uh, prescribing, but a lot of people want to still distance themselves. Um, so that's a whole other issue yeah. we can talk about. What um, brought you to it? Oh, brought me to it. Uh, I think it was your good work. I, wow. I saw. <laughs> hey. No, I mean, I, legitimately, I think there's a component of that. I think that I, I see the follow-up of my own um, pain patients because I would just periodically prescribe from Minerva and refer out most of the stuff. Right. Um, and I as I, that as, that's right. See it, it, 2014. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And getting the feedback and seeing the positive results and not just in pain. So when we think about pain, that's complex. It it has you know people have mood issues, they have sleep issues. Um, they have work issues, they have function issues, they have self-esteem issues, the list goes on. And when you start to see one product that is primarily initiated for, let's say, neuropathic pain, suddenly reconnecting with a spouse, suddenly you know, being able to work more or start functioning more, these are the, the lifestyle issues that are more subjective, but probably more important in my perspective. So seeing what good happened as a result of this was really an eye-opener for me. And, and I thought, you know, quite legitimately, I want to get involved in this arena for sure. So what, I, I, I told, it, it's interesting because I totally agree mm -hmm. that, you know, pain, when we treat pain, I mean, how do I, how do I even put this? When we're treating pain, we really are trying to treat. I mean, there's so many different aspects to a person's absolutely a, a person's yep. psyche, a per, like to the whole person. For sure, pain is like one tiny part of it. Right. It might be that the pain is causing all these other things. That's right. When and we treat quite it. often, there's some trauma, there's some work injury, yeah. car accident, yeah. whatever that that sort of precipitates the whole cascade of of uh, events. And as they have the pain longer, eventually it starts to affect their way of thinking and their identity. Uh, their mood, all of those things become affected. So it's uh, it's nice to have, uh, not for everybody, but for the majority of people, something that, that helps on a, a multifaceted sort of level. It yes. will help your pain, 
But at the same time, you're going to get the sequelae of, yeah. of results from all these That's other right. areas. You know, whenever I look at studies, mm -hmm. I look at, you know, did they reach statistical significance on the primary outcome? Right. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But you know where they always hit statistical significance when it comes to cannabis studies is quality of life correct improvement of sleep right and our and functioning and yes. over and overall functioning so yeah maybe we didn't hit the statistical significance on uh did um on let's say you're in remission from crohn's so i'll use the crohn's study because right. they didn't hit remission they did go pain-free eight weeks right. without steroids yep. but yeah we didn't hit remission okay but was that the outcome? Like, sure, that well, might be. And sometimes in the studies, <clears throat> those outcomes aren't even mentioned. Right. Right? So yeah. you can have objective markers, but if you're not actually looking at the quality of life changes that a person has, then you're missing a whole component of, of that individual, right? Do you, do you think that it's the, you know, that the I would say mainstream medicine or no not mainstream because I think cannabis is finally after like a decade of working in the medical world that I, I think most physicians at least accept it because of the six or at least will refer out or think about cannabis maybe I don't know maybe I'm totally wrong I come I'm also living in my own little bubble now where I know that I stood out there waving banners on my own and right. now believe that it's that it's fully out there but I well, mean you, you have you have a total bias see? because yeah. that's that's your niche right? right and so somebody who's you know a family doctor and has all of these other things that they're treating you know this is only a very tiny component of that and right. maybe they don't even have any exposure because they don't have any of their patients and that's how it starts and I see this in my uh, cannabis clinic I see this you know I'll treat one person and have some really positive results and you know a few weeks later I'm seeing you know, the nephew, or I'm seeing a family member, or I'm seeing a work colleague or something because of the results. So I think as that snowball effect is, is legitimately ha happening. You probably noticed that in your clinic too. It's yeah, just sort have of just, whole families that's that right. start yeah. to come out. And then you have even their physicians who are like, wow, I saw this here and it was really working. Send this person and, to them yeah, in my yeah. work. Yeah, and Unfortunately, it doesn't work for everybody. No. I mean, we I think we all agree that, you know, I use a five-person rule, you know, works great for two, works okay for one, does nothing for two right. others. Right? That's sort of like mm -hmm. the five five person rule. And I like that. something that people can relate to. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, right. It's and, the numbers and then I we, throw. We yeah. see physicians that come out and say, Oh well, you know, look at the side effects. You're gonna get cannabis hyperemesis syndrome and yeah, which we is see cyclical that, you know, Where do you see where do you see that more? In emerge. In emerge. Yeah. yeah I, and those are from high THC yeah. recreational users. Yeah. They're not from your CBD. I published the largest retrospective chart review on it. Really? Uh, yeah. And what's that? No, you can get it from, you know, so it's funny. It does exist. Actually, I went into the study. Um, it was done, me, uh, I supervised the study for two of my residents. We published it in uh, 2000, uh, it was in uh, uh, CGEM, 2017. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Jeremy Hernandez was my resident on it. Uh, I give them credit because they did most of the work. I, you know, I like supervising That's projects. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, call me when it's great done. Work. Yeah, <laughs> great work. Let's send it out to this guy. <laughs> Let's see if they can review it. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because you're right. So it's it, it, it's usually high THC recreational users. Absolutely. I've actually seen it once. Mm -hmm. I've treated thousands of thousands of, of yeah, patients. Yeah. I have seen it once in the in my medical population. Okay. Once, right? What was the indication for and that individual? She, uh, she had, she couldn't use. She had something wrong with her liver, her kidneys. I think she was in. She had kidney failure. 
and she required cannabis for some sort of pain. I can't remember. So perhaps the concentration was greater because she wasn't so filtering it, it as much, it something like be, that. It could be, but most of can, most cannabis is mostly fecally excreted. So right. Yeah, you, yeah. Your kidneys are pretty. I actually called a. I actually called a nephrologist. To, to ask I called him, like, nephro on it, call at Mac yeah, to see says, you know to to go through the whole process. I and I went through how does how is cannabis metabolized? Right. You know, it is P four fifty six. Yes. So there's some liver. There is some so. liver component certainly, and both THC and CBD are, are, are metabolized by your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have a good answer. So what I did was I just took her off of THC and just put her on CBD, just purely CBD, resolve? and it resolved. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it, the, I, while I'm looking at death from her opioid, or I'm looking at like, that's right. And this is this is the term you used, harm reduction. Right. And, harm and reduction. I, I think that you know I I initiate cannabis for harm reduction. Not infrequently, because right. you know, if you have two scenarios and one which is a safer alternative, why would you not choose that? Right. You know, and it's not it's not for everybody, but for a vast majority of people. And I've had such success in um, reducing uh, opioid burden uh, or eliminating it in some patients too with the aid of cannabis. So I'm a I'm a huge advocate from that perspective. So you come from. A tradition, like you work in clin- in a traditional pain clinic, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Both Minerva and Burlington. Correct. And uh, so you prescribe opioids, and I'm not, yep. a, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not against the use of opioids for right. certain, you know, yeah. disease processes, especially in an acute type of pain. Acute, absolutely. I think that the value for chronic non-cancer pain is certainly less, and we have learned a lot of lessons over the years. Um, you know, like I, what? Uh, well, I think that. There is, you know, potential for addiction that's clear, right. and there's also dose escalation. You know, people after six to eight weeks tend to uh, become, I suppose I shouldn't use medical terms, but become tolerant of that particular dose, and in order to get the same effect, you have to escalate the dose. And you can do this indefinitely for some patients, and that's when you get these whopping, you know, doses of opioids. Right. And it's hard to go the other way. It's hard to reduce somebody right. else's dose. Right. So, you know, without that, it's, it's we always say in medicine that, you know, vi- uh, vision is twenty twenty with the retrospectoscope, right? Yeah. So looking backwards is easy, but you don't know you're creating a problem when you're going through it. So I think right. legitimately the guys that were in pain way before me had very good intention. I think that there was, you know, everybody wants to help somebody. And, you know, you keep doing what you think is right at the time, and all literature and everything supported that. But I think that as we go through this process, we recognize that it doesn't necessarily translate to better pain control if we're, if, you know, we're using opioid as a, an example. Right. So if we look at the evidence, I mean, the evidence would suggest that usually can't, uh, usually opioids in, in a chronic pain, uh, it's not going to offer too much benefit. Uh, acute pain, it does well. I yep. don't know if there's very much evidence. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a lot of evidence for the use of opioids. In- I think in very select cases, and as a, th- a third-line agent, which basically, for all you non-medical folk, means that you've tried a couple of other agents Exercise, first. physio, that all, if you look at the National Pain Guideline, opioids are, are Well, I always think that anymore. whatever your pain agent, and we're sort of sort of changing our focus yeah, yeah, into yeah. pain, but you know, I, I always tell my pain patients that whatever medicine uh, or uh, interventional uh, option that we choose, interventional means doing stuff like putting needles in people for headaches or, or back pain, whatever we do to try and help someone, it is only a way to facilitate greater activity. And it's the medicine, the treatment is mm. actually the activity. So uh, if, you, if you present it in that fashion and like say, that. 
you know, have you taken your medicine, i.e., have you done your exercise today? I think that benefits people. For instance, a very common condition is fibromyalgia. Right. And the only strong evidence for therapy for fibromyalgia that is evidence-backed is activity. Exercise. Exercise. Yeah. The more exercise you do, surprise, surprise. And I have seen this time and time again with my patients. So if you present it in this fashion, say, if we do these injections, if we start this CBD oil, if we, you know, give you Tylenol or gabapentin, the objective is that you don't just sit on the couch longer. The objective is you start walking, you do Aquafit, uh, you start you know, doing uh, I don't know, stationary bicycle, whatever it is that get, gets you excited, and do it. And do functional it a lot. outcomes are functional, the key. Absolutely. So, and, that, and by functional, sorry, I'll give my functional being like more activity or correct, like positive. Yeah. And, and also occupational and, and also recreational stuff. You know, these people have lost a lot in the pain sphere. Yeah. They've stopped doing things with their friends and family. And it starts to, you know, have a knock-on effect on their ability to interact. And some of these people have, feel like they're, a lot of their happiness and joy in life has been taken from them. So if we can provide a substance, let's move it right back to the good stuff, back yeah. to the cannabis. Yeah. If we can use that as an agent to facilitate exercise and activity, fantastic. Agreed. Yeah. So why do you think there's so much do you think the hesitation on the part of of both, you know, the general public and of the physician in general, uh, or the medical society, do you mm -hmm. think that the fear is we're going to recreate another problem like we have with opioids? I think there's a, certainly a question of the unknown because you know we haven't been using it for many years, and there's not a, a in a medical like in, in, a, a, in medical, a mainstream medical. We've been using it for thousands of, of years. Of course yeah, we yeah. have. I'm talking purely for symptom control. Right. Um, uh, guided by physicians. I think that we just don't have the data on it. And a lot of physicians are, are very skeptical or uncertain to use something where there isn't data to support it. But this is a unique, unique scenario because there's no data because we haven't been able to do studies. Well, there's right? no so, data for opioids. That in in except for long term side effects, <laughs> there's like, certainly some so side effects. How is it that we're okay with using something like an opioid? Where our long-term data shows no real improvement and, and potential lots of danger, it, it, but this seems to be something different. Like, where where do you, what are they thinking? What is the physician thinking? I, I'm I'm biased, so I'm trying to not come to that. Yeah, I feel like you have more of an objective view doing both. So tell me. I mean, I I want to know where you know how is it that the CMA comes out and says we don't have a good argument when I can show you the research I'm doing right now will mm -hmm. show an 88% of our patients have are not even our patients in and and of pain patients that are included in this study mm -hmm. have reduced their opioid use and nearly 70% are off of them 100%. What um, so what sort of what's the power of that study? How many people are involved in that? Because that that is wonderful data. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so, I would love to, to yeah. give some, you know, patients to that study. If yeah, you get, well, you know, I've do. got a lot. So well, ask Sunil. He's my damn partner. <laughs> I will, trial. I will so, enroll a ton because yeah, I've had some very positive This results. is, this is, um, it's a prospective cohort. So right. this is just the, like phase one, phase two starting probably in the, in the next little bit. Um, we have currently, uh, we've approached about 800. We've enrolled almost, uh, probably now somewhere well, for five, the, 600. Then then it must be, like through Minerva, it must be some. some so there are some, in, yeah. we just started in Minerva. Okay. We're now multi-center. We, we're using, grow, I think, GrowWise yeah. is part of it Brilliant. too. We okay. just 
got finally it's hard because the industry it's industry of course the only people that sponsor this kind of research is industry stuff right now sure it, it, and it takes a lot of time yeah. effort and quite frankly money to it perform does. these studies yeah. and i think that's the problem is that we haven't had the capacity to do these studies because the finance has not really been there because right. there's there's no business side to i the think this will be a, so, a landmark finding i hope so yeah. um it is only a questionnaire currently in right. a prospective cohort, but we're moving it into phase two, which is an RCT. It's hard to do a double blind on this, isn't it? it well, we are for our RCT. Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is kind of, and we just. What is the blind? Put, we just then? put in. Just, are you doing oils we four, then? We have four arms. It's a okay. Four, I can't talk about the study just oh, yet. Okay. That's, That's what I want to know. Ruin it, ruin it. <laughs> yeah, no. The phase two is um, uh, just about to start. Any time now, mm. we're just applying to REB for ethics approval. Wonderful. Um, good for you. Good for you yeah. spearheading this. Is well, uh, it's I, so. But here's my. Well, I think this. I mean, sorry to interject, but yeah. I think that when we get these sort of results, it will hopefully um, allow a lot of hesitancy in the the physician community to start, you know, prescribing with more confidence, right? So when we start getting, you know reasonable data that comes our way, which eventually it is going to come. I know there's some studies out of Israel that yep. certainly support the use. Um, but I think when we have more local data, I think I think physicians are going to welcome this. I, I hope they do. I mean, the, the problem that, that I've that I've, run, I mean, I've run into every problem Obstacles that there I is. Obstacles I all the way with yeah, your sort of early start to this. Yeah. Know, there's a lot of roadblocks, I'm I, sure. But when I look at, you know, and I, the way that I came to it is I looked at do no harm, then do everything else you possibly can. Right. So we have a, I have decades, 40 years, 50 years of harm studies showing a lack of harm of cannabis. Yep. So, and I have... 50 years, decade, I have decades of harm studies showing a positive harm effect of a side effect profile of other things like opioids. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how there's still an argument. Where is the, where is the argument? I mean, the argument is we don't have enough data on long-term effects. I have, you know, we have 3,500 years of long-term effects from 43% of a population in, in our 43% of our world yeah. who uses cannabis. And that was uh, United Nations. 40, say that again, 43%. 43% of, of every population in the world. United Nations in 2009 came out with a statement that um, for about 43% so in a of, person's lifetime. So 43% of the world uses have used has it used it THC in, to get high. At least once in their That's lifetime. That's right. Not, not chronic. Not, no, okay. we're at about 14% for okay. that. That's good so you have, But you have like a, a, a massive population of people mm -hmm. uh, that use it and... And I don't have bodies building up. When you, if you were to use the same statistic, say for another substance, alcohol. Yeah. Think of the harm there. Yeah. Think of the death there. It's think crazy. of the abuse and all the things that happen as a result of that. It's so insane. It's, it's crazy that we brand one, you know, in such negative light, and another one which is actually considerably more dangerous to yeah. our society and our lives and our families, and uh, we advertise it all over the place. Big so, smiles. So what are your right? Yeah, and somehow it's okay to yeah, do that. Acceptable, but yet, you know. Yeah, I, I, that socially make sense. necessary almost. It doesn't. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. We, uh, you know, I'm dealing with um, because I, I run that um, a retreat for mindful consumption that the cannabis cannabis retreats where they get educated through this thing. That was yours. Yeah. 
Good for you. Can, yeah, Cannabis Retreats is my, my baby. That's that's well. I have a partner in California. That's okay. where we do it. We're and we're looking at running the next one. One of them. The next one will probably be in Humboldt, which is where like California, which is where the you know the origins of cannabis from the you know seventies. Mm. Um, it it's yeah. It's pretty far out there. It's like five hours north of San Francisco, so we'll have shuttles and stuff. But in early, late September, maybe early October, we're thinking about doing it here. Mm-hmm. And you know, everywhere we look, they're like, well, we have de- designated places for alcohol. We have designated you know you can use alcohol over here over there and i'm like we're alcohol free we don't there's no because we're like well which day can we throw a party on you know we have a six-day retreat and one day's a party we're like can we throw a party they're like well we have alcohol you know stay i'm like no 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 our parties don't have alcohol there's no alcohol here it's all about mindfulness here and it was just they just didn't understand it just they just don't get it so let me ask you then a question sure um, having prescribed opioids, work. Mm-hmm. I, I, truth is, I started in Minerva before it was called Minerva Two. Uh, I was there oh, with, with Kimbar. I was there yeah, with the Blue Kimbar. House. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. in the Blue House yeah. with. Uh, so that's where I got my start in 2010. Uh, I was doing cannabis before that already in Toronto, but I was, uh, okay. or well, it wasn't like maybe a few months before that. But uh, where I started working in pain was was right. was there. I mean, if I even told you the, you know, the cannabis discrimination that happened to me even there was 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 pretty yeah so i was a neat label cannabis discrimination. yeah that's what i call it yeah, yeah. yeah. i was asked to leave coin that yeah i was asked to leave from from the location yeah. i don't mind talking about it yeah, yeah. uh because it showed up in the news mm. um but at the time cannabis wasn't uh wasn't a thing yet uh but in the meantime you prescribe um you were on the vanguard i just want to say the word vanguard and you were like right out there it was yeah but it's still scary for me because i still deal like even though now the world is open to 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 cannabis Mm -hmm. as a medicine that's how i look at it as a medicine we're talking about medicine i still i mean i'm still fine tooth comb no matter where i go Mm. uh you know so so I mean, it's still. It, I still. I have my own PTSD from from opening those gates. <laughs> like I'm still dealing with it. But anyways, I should use some cannabis. See, um, I suppose fortunately I haven't had like because I was a later entrant than you. I haven't had you, those obstacles, and it, it's been well. Society, I think, generally has it's accepted. Has accepted. 100%. You know. Uh, you know. Even though some of the medical community has not, but I, even in the two and a half have. years they have. since I've been prescribed, I don't buy that anymore. The resistance was so much initially, That's and right. it, it's really has even every few months that goes by it becomes more accepting i get referrals from you know all sorts of princess all, margaret right. gastroenterologists all sorts neurologists, of neurologists all sorts of disciplines pediatricians. yeah yeah, so I, I, I actually think the 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 roadblock, the obstacle isn't really, I mean, yeah, you have ivory tower people like in right. the CMA that are yeah. saying, oh, this isn't, but again, they're allowed their opinion. We sure. don't, we and we don't necessarily even have to follow their That's opinion. Correct. As That's long as we can, you know what I've realized, you know, they have a role. Yeah. They have a role of public safety, the same way the college has a role. And they yeah. all have roles. Yeah. As long as we can justify and back up our, That's our right. perspective. Good decision making. Good decision making. Yeah. They're not against it. No. They don't say, no, you absolutely can't. Like, I fought and pled my case. I still practice. Mm-hmm. Right? But I fought and pled my case, and it was accepted. Right. If you're going to f- fight your case, and, and it's, and, or if you're going to, you know, if you're doing things that are totally offside when it comes to, you know, practicing, uh, you know, cannabinoid medicine or whatever you want to call it, then sure. If you're just handing out scripts willy-nilly, you're doing, but if you do that yeah. for anything. You know, it does, it does make you concerned if, you know, people are telling these stories. I don't know the legitimacy of it, but sort of like a rubber stamping sort I of thing. I see it. I, I know and, it. And it's real. I, I think that it's 
it's important to have because you know we're under the microscope to have you know as much professionalism and much like you know I always remind the patients that this is going to be no different than seeing your endocrinologist or your surgeon like your doctor's going to get a, a letter back consult letter back explaining why we're doing this how we're doing this um, and I think that that sort of once once you have that um, legitimacy uh, it, it certainly translates to further referrals and more acceptance of this as, as, a, as an acceptable route of, of therapy. Yeah, and I, I've seen the physician resistance and obstacles go far down. You know, like I was saying, just maybe the guys at the top, but, you know, they're just, they're also not fully educated, mm -hmm. right? And they're trying to look, they're looking at general terms. They don't look, they're not clinicians day to day. Right. You know, they're not like us sitting in the clinic every mm -hmm. day seeing the actual Oh, results. you mean the guys making the guidelines or yeah, whatever. yeah 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 I, I don't I mean the, the I, don't, I don't even buy into the guidelines mm -hmm. and I don't think we necessarily have to we're still people we still have the right to make our own decisions yep and um, we follow well, of course I follow general principles and we follow general rules but mm -hmm. if we have evidence I think it's our duty to follow the evidence agreed and or in your case, make the evidence. Right, or make the evidence. Yeah, <laughs> right. we, like, well, we have to. Create that. It's that's wonderful. That's yeah. our duty. And I, I like saying duty. <laughs> so I'm not swearing. It says, hey, that's our shit. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to put that in there. Check it in. Yeah, I put in like a, I put in 10 cents for that one. Um, uh, but yeah, so let me go back to, let's go back to that, my question, you or to my initial thought. You work both in a pain clinic mm -hmm. and you prescribe cannabinoids. Yep. What's your, you know, what are your thoughts on prescribing opioids? And um, I, I know where we all stand, at mm -hmm. least on the idea of cannabinoids, but I think we also need to demystify a little bit. We are in the middle of a crisis of opioids. I don't prescribe opioids, period, for, for chronic pain, but there might yeah. be some situations where it's needed. So let's, and I think there's let's a, demystify. There's a spectrum of of prescribing for opioids there's you know some physicians that have been prescribing for years and prescribe large amounts with good results and have you know happy well-adjusted patients and there's patients that don't do well on it. and it's important to identify those that do and that don't you know I was a you know more recent uh, entrant into the uh, the chronic pain game and so I you know I've had sort of a little bit more current data that makes us a lot more hesitant to prescribe in very specific scenarios. So my sort of number of patients that are on opioids is, is actually relatively small. Oh, okay, good. Um, I use a lot of atypical agents um, and try and uh, do sort of lifestyle modification and do a lot of the interventional When you pain. say, I'm just going to interrupt you, when you say atypical, you're talking about like yeah, gabapentinoids, tricyclics, yeah. Um, yeah, those sorts so of let me, agents. So let me, let me, even cannabinoids. Let's just right? go, so, right. So I put cannabinoids in that same category. And the sure. reason why I do that is, you know, when we talk about atypicals or or things that aren't usually used for the specific pur purpose, we're yeah. talking about off-label use. Correct. And most of the drugs we use in chronic pain are off-label. Sure. Except for opioids, mm -hmm. which for some reason are still I don't are still on label, but I don't even think they are for acute pain. So, so I th I actually, and I think I think gabapentin that, is an 
epileptic, anti-epileptic. Correct. Yeah, and uh, and uh, amitriptyline, nortriptyline are actually antidepressant, but we use them at a tenth or a fifteenth the dose and have reasonably good results in treating people's neuropathic or nerve pain. So um, we are using off-label indications, but it's very acceptable, and these these medications are have been used for many many years in right. this capacity. So it, it's not something you know cavalier that we're doing. It's it's they're legitimate. Well, you uses. know, it's interesting. I looked at the evidence around using neurontin gabapentin sure. for chronic pain uh I, I i listened to a um i listened to the pharmaceutical company through to the old c i think it was a ceo ceo coo i can't remember the whole story um and uh basically their idea because it's still I, it, its use is in one very specific condition. We use it for everything. In, right. In, in, even in neuropathic pain, the use of gabapentin has you know a lot of side effects. Coming off of gabapentin, by the way, is horrible. It is not easy. And um, and his goal was, he was talking to his drug reps, saying gabapentin for everything. You mm-hmm. go tell your doctors gabapentin for this, gabapentin for that, gabapentin for this, neurotin for this, neurotin for that. How does that become acceptable? How is it acceptable to say Neurontin is okay to use, um, even though we know it's going to cause X? And then we have medical, you know, we have authorities that say it's totally fine, but then we have something like cannabis. Like you even just said, you know, we've used it for years, so it's accepted. So we've used cannabis for years. Why isn't it accepted? Right. Is it because it's a social stigma as uh, well? I think absolutely. The, and, and that, again, is being diminished as time goes on. That yeah, stigma agree. is going down very rapidly. Um, but certainly... That was if, my interruption, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's fine. And, and certainly if we look at... I mean, there's two sides of, of giving a person a medication, not just the efficacy or the effect of right. it, but the side effect of it too, right. right? So we look at certain medication classes for pain control. A lot of times, like I would say, and and I don't want the company to come after me, but pregabalin or Lyrica, about 50% of the time, in my experience as a clinician, it's intolerable, right? right? So, you know, why am I going to give somebody a medication that half the time they come back to me and say, what have you done? You know, right. it just ruined last week for me, right? right? So, um, whereas I, I tend not to get that, and you can certainly back me on this, the amount of side effects when you're appropriately using um, cannabis and prescribing it and dose escalating is is very small. Yeah. Like the number of people that come back and say, this stuff is terrible. It's, right. you know, made my life miserable. No. You know, it's, the, yeah, it's the, so small. They'll right? come back and they'll say it just didn't work. That's okay. right. That's right. And you go, <laughs> right. okay. Okay. You know? I, doc, I don't understand. I've started taking more and more. It's just doing nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's better than the side effect perhaps Correct. that you're yeah. going to get. So what kind of classes of, um, of medications do you use and why? You know, I, I think it's important that we understand that cannabis isn't just the be all and end all. There are people that don't respond to it. That's right. It's it's we're not peddling snake oil, right? right. It, it's it's important to know that there's you know one out of five people. I find this sort of goes along with your statistic. There's just no effect. But no. that also means four out of five people actually have some improvement in their pain or their quality of life or their spasticity or their insomnia or whatever indication you're using it for. Yeah. So, so the four days that you don't practice in uh, cannabis, yeah. can, 
cannabis, cannabis, you're prescribing and injecting. So let's talk about the efficacy. Uh, And and it it works because I think there are people that do require those things, you know? Oh, yeah. And and also, I mean, we're not using one drug or one strategy in isolation. You know, we're talking about pain. And the reason we keep going back to pain is because of my background and your opportunity to talk to me. 75% of what we use cannabis for here is is So, you know, we don't have monotherapy in mind. We often have, and if we think of going back to activity as being a, a therapeutic option, I mean, there are a whole host of different different things that you can do for one individual and it's finding the the this the the best sort of regimen or or a combination of of treatments that work for that individual person and often it's a you know trial and error you have to do a number of things before you get to the point where you say the person the patient says to you I think we've got it. I think we've got the right dose, the right frequency, the right combination of different products to make me better and make my life more enjoyable and less pain, you know, more pain-free effectively. So sometimes that involves, um, you know, the judicious use of, of cannabis. Sometimes that involves more traditional medications. And sometimes that involves interventional-based therapy. And sometimes it involves all of it. So it very much, it's so specific to the individual um, that you can't sort of have a blanket do ABC. Otherwise, you know, if that was the case, a computer could really do our job, right? Right. It's just so. What would you say algorithm to, off you go. What would you say to the pain patient that just doesn't know what to do? Like they're in pain. They've tried pain clinics. They. It it, de- like, it depends where along that sort of uh, treatment line they are. So I get referrals sometimes directly from the eMERGE, and those patients are typically not, you know, well worked up or well treated because Thanks. they often. <laughs> No, but you're not a, from the emerge I'm an emerge guy too. Yeah, that's right? I know. You're so, right. We don't so have time. That's we not don't our have time. Goal. It's not. It's not our objective either, right? right this is just sure. a fast track into yeah. a service that could help an individual, yeah. and then you get referrals, say, from family physicians who have really jumped through all the hoops. They've spent a great deal of time. They've been very thorough and yeah. comprehensive at treating this individual, and you know, there's there's actually a lot less things I can do for them, right? But right. we still try. We still still try and dose optimize existing medications or add new ones, um, and a lot of times. You know, it's it's less common that I would have a patient that's already been tried on cannabis. Typically, they've been tried on a number of things, and they're seeing me because those things haven't worked. Right. The success stories I'm never seeing. It's always the people that are them. that are more difficult. That's right. right? So, you know, there's and I an, get those, and I get your patients, you or get, everybody's patients who's failed everything. That's exactly. And then they come this way, and yeah. I'm like. Oh, okay. you're the specialist like, of the specialist, uh, and, then, right? and, and then and then they come here and yell at me. <laughs> so you know, like, ah, oh, why isn't it working? Yeah, I don't know. We've tried everything. Anyway, sorry. Continue yeah. So um, it does. You know, if you um, if you like a challenge, then this sort of field of medicine, not just being throwing a drug or choosing a drug, you also have to be thinking about all the other aspects of their lives and trying to, you know advocate for that person and get them involved and motivate. I always tell my, um, my friends, I'm a part-time motivational speaker in my job, uh, right. in my job because I have to motivate people to do things they don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. Go so, for walks when it's cold. Like nobody wants to do that. I think the, the number one reason, one of the main reasons I came into cannabis was because there aren't many areas of medicine that ha- are, are, that have been dictated basically by patients, right? Mm. And, and are an, exem- example, an, yeah. an example of a pure democracy at mm-hmm. work. Because it, it was, you know, it was we the people that decided to, to make the change. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, the, it wasn't a, a government. They definitely didn't want to have it. It wasn't medicine that wanted to have it. It was the people that said, I had enough. Mm-hmm. We need to change. And the government 
government was forced to change. Right. Right. So, which is what brought me to the it. sort of history. And, of and, it. Right. And in my in in, in 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 and from my perspective, so that's the people. But from my perspective, then for medicine, what we what I'm trying to do and what you're trying to do, and it sounds like we need to do more of is that knowledge transference. We need to empower patients to make the right decisions and that comes to having to do a lot of a lot of motivational speaking for sure absolutely and actually as you were saying that i was thinking of another really interesting thing with the uh, you know uh, work as a physician in the realm of cannabis when you think of most areas of medicine they're typically based on a region of your body or a particular job you have like a surgeon or a cardiologist when you think of being a cannabis physician you're actually a physician that deals with one product and the many different iterations of that right mm -hmm. so it's it's a completely different like paradigm right yeah. like it's a completely different way of looking at medicine you're you're using a product for many different conditions versus being a specialist in a condition and using many different products. It's right. almost the opposite. It's right? interesting. So, Maybe that's the, I never thought of it like that. Maybe that's one of the hesitations. It's a paradigm shift. It is. It's, it truly it's, yeah. We're using Western medicine as, as a, or say we're using, well, it's an Eastern saying. medicine perspective, but with Western medicine. Right. Like think Weird. of when you went to med school and you went yeah. through your rotations, you went through cardio, pulmonary, right. whatever. And this is not, this breaks all those rules. Breaks them all. So, you know, you have to be kind of open-minded to go into that, yeah. right? And so I found this, you know, as I, as I started to stick my toe into this and I started learning, I was like, wow, it's, it's not like prescribing, you know, any traditional medication where really you have the same medication just at different doses. Mm -hmm. It's a myriad of a ton of different things. And then you can get as detail-focused as you want on that product. You know, mm -hmm. we want to look at terpenes, you know, and right. the, the effect that that has or the route that you put it into your body. Right. How many medications have like five different ways to put it into your body? Uh, crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. it keeps you excited. It keeps you passionate because yeah. there's so many combinations you can do. So, yeah, I mean, I'm as you can tell, I, I have a lot I of see conviction. The passion, the passion I love it. is there. I love it. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it is. I love it. That's and you really have that good. too. Yeah, right? yeah. So, you, we're sort of kindred spirits here, and, and, and I've seen the good, and I continue to, and that's why I said earlier in this talk, like, Friday's my favorite day of the week because I get to do this. And you get to see people improve. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite visit, and you can probably vouch for me on this, is not the initial consult. No. It's the first follow-up. 100%. And, and to see those people yeah. walk in and the things people have said to me, I wish I could write a book. Right? It, you we know, should like, write a book. Well, and especially, not just the patient, it's like the spouse or the children saying, I had one, one patient say, you know, I knew my father was better when I could hear him singing in the shower. He hasn't sung in the shower for 15 years. Wow. Right? Or, or a wife saying... This guy's starting to talk to the neighbors, yeah. or he's walking to the mailbox again. This yeah. pe these people haven't done these, what we see as very basic, sort of uninspiring sort of things. This is their life. Like, this is a huge component of their it's life. The human, the human experience it that it brings yeah. back and, to and their And people life. lose that over the years, and they don't even realize it's happening. That's and right. they sort of just withdraw into their sort of shell of a house or their experience That's and right. to see those people start you know interacting and living again and you know have younger people saying i've actually started to 
get socially connected again. Yeah. You know, and, and being a younger person, that's really important is to have those connections and be social and make friends and stuff. And to not have that capacity, it's it's wonderful to, to be able to provide a substance that does that. And, you know? and that doesn't do the opposite. That doesn't do right? the opposite. Because all of most of the that's medications right. we use Fatigue, put you in. Mental you clouding, in. Right. that sort of stuff that happens with other products that's that we right. prescribe. You know, it's, it's it's the opposite. It's a full paradigm shift. Yep. Matt, it was amazing having you here today we're already over an hour oh my god that went by that? in a second it went by what in a second about i know we have so much we gotta do this again we, yeah we'll, we'll do part two <laughs> it's already been an hour that's how quick this time flies wow. if it's, you can uh, believe it yeah, sorry you talk about something you're passionate yeah about, it, goes it just by. keeps yeah. on going yeah. i really wanted to thank you for yeah, being cheers. here you're yeah, wonderful well, we didn't even get into like the opioid crisis we got nothing. we just started the tip of the barrel here and we've got a well we'll bring you on again maybe we'll do part two next two weeks from now yeah sure let's Whenever. do it i'd be happy to come back. all right yeah. cool um if you want to plug anything I, go I ahead i got the beard oh, oil you got the beard oil uh anything you want to talk about to you know your any clinics any of your own stuff lectures anything books um, that you're writing books life's you're changing ski right. trips you're taking oh there's lots of those yeah i went to chatter creek this year how was that it was outstanding yeah. i did go with did you a, have some powder i did yeah, it was it was pretty good it wasn't yeah, yeah. like i mean i had some like we had a little couple you know couple how days that like maybe hit Isn't, stuff there are a few things insane. in in life that that make me more happy like there's that, no that there's pillow be. runs man like we were it like it could be oh, the best feeling it was the best feeling i only lasted two of my three days because i had a torn hamstring and mm. I, I tore it like three weeks before i went and i had a total i had like a bionic leg it was so bad but uh, i still like how could you say no to something yeah, like that we'll do a trip next year maybe um all right guys that's uh, that's what we have today hey check out the beard oil we'll soon be selling all this stuff online <laughs> we still we have that's our, your plug i'm not making yeah it. <laughs> we, we have that's my plug now um so we've uh, baby elephant hemp uh, hemp beard oil. We have our chai tea. We're getting chaga in. Um, we're gonna have our pain cream in soon as well. Check out Synergy Health Services. Like uh, it'll be cannabis infusible. Infusible. Yes. Right. Of course. So you take your because you can't currently. You cannot. Right. Yeah. Uh, CBD. We're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a CBD tea here um, from hemp. Totally allowed. But I'm working on a infusion. Uh, that uh, a you just put them together and off you go to the races. Uh, that's going to be a baby elephant as well. And in the meantime, check out synergyhealthservices.ca and Instagram Synergy Health Services as well. And you know our podcast and Cannabis Retreats. Anyway, we're just having a lot of fun. Check out whatever the fuck you want. Sorry, <laughs> 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 I'll just throw it all in for that it's one. Been a blast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. That's been yeah. awesome. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.